welcome to Share the Stage. Man, it's been an amazing, amazing day. Today, we have Dr. Cosette White on the show today. She is going to share some amazing things with the audience, and she is known as the Tax Strategist. She runs an organization out of Los Angeles called My Financial Home, and she's been doing some amazing things within the community. And I'm so grateful to have you on the show today. Welcome, Dr. Cosette, to the hey. show. Thank you. How's everybody out there? Thank you so much for having me, Shante. I sincerely appreciate this. We're going to have some fun tonight. <laughs> and you know this, and you know this, and, and especially right now in this current environment, as you already know, a lot of folks are dealing with their taxes. A lot of people are dealing with their business. And, and it's just been an amazing run uh, for a lot of entrepreneurs out here. And I know that, that you are someone who has been in the business of helping businesses for years. Dr. Cosette White, can you tell me a little bit about who, what you do and, and, and why do we care? Absolutely. So I am Dr. Cosette M. White, America's number one tax and accounting strategist. I work with six and seven figure CEOs to help them truly understand where their finances are going, looking at their financial statements, implementing things such as our key performance indicators. And the main thing, guys, is really reducing that tax liability. What are strategies that our business owners can truly implement to help them prevent from stroking a check to Uncle Sam every year. Um, I also work with our, you know, our day-to-day -day individuals, our consumers, our normal taxpayers, not our business owners. And I also work with tax professionals just like myself to help them grow, scale, and leverage their firm. I have been virtual. I'm going to say that again. I have been virtual since 2006. So when pandemic hit, everybody was struggling, trying to figure out how they were going to make it, how to make that shift. I was already in the swing of things. And so um, many of my colleagues, my peers in this industry um, leaned to me for guidance. And so I just started helping them set up their firm virtually, implement the true systems and um, put together an infrastructure, so to speak, on how they can be successful. Um, because a lot of people panic, like working from home, not being able to talk to team, how they're going to get their clients' files and things. So it was a tough time. So that's what I do. Um, I could brag on myself, but I'll, I'll talk more as, as we go. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? Um, and, and that's one of the reasons why I was so persistent and to get you on the show so we can have a conversation you know, you, you hit a lot of things right on the nose. A lot of folks, you know, we struggle when it comes to this taxes and, and running businesses, and it can be a challenge. And, and even, you know, you've been virtual for the last, I don't know, you say 2006, you know, and a lot of folks have uh, just started doing things online. But right. before all of that happened, can you tell us, your story. I mean, how did you get involved in, in becoming someone, uh, a tax strategist and getting in this industry? I mean, to, how were you raised? <laughs> that is a good, good, good story. A good uh, question. So the story goes, you all, 
Um, back in the day, and I always say back in the day, I had my very first job. I was working at Carl's Jr. You're from the California, so you know Carl's Jr. Sometimes I say Carl's Jr.'s and folks don't know. I was there. <laughs> I used to work at Carl's Jr. I was flipping burgers. You know, I was one of them. Yes. Well, no, no. Carl's Jr. had the burgers I had to put in with the grill. That's right. I was that is grill. right. That's I was right. grilling yes. burgers. That's yes. right. <laughs> so I worked at Carl's Jr.'s, believe it or not, all I was in that leadership role, but I had worked my way to management. But I had my very first W-2 and I took it home to my grandmother and asked her if she would actually do my, my taxes. And she was like, baby, I'm gonna need you to go upstairs, get a pen, get a paper, and we are gonna do this together. So it was really in that moment that that is when the light bulb went off and I began to start doing taxes. Now, back in the day, I probably only got about a hundred dollar refund but of course, that was a lot to a 19, 20-year-old who was in college with a, you know, a refund. And so I went back to the campus at school. I went to Cal State Long Beach, shared it with my sorority sisters and whatnot. And then the word just got around campus that I did taxes. And ironically, and seriously, like ironically, my very, very last class at, uh, in college was a taxation course. So I transitioned from that. I started corporate America and my whole thing was I could do this and it's a side hustle. Come on. And so I kept it as a side hustle for forever mm -hmm. until one day I got a pink slip at work. Mm. And so when I got the pink slip at work, I was like, I need to really start working this as a business. But I still did not take it very seriously because I was conditioned, I was brainwashed that I had to be working for someone else, bringing home a paycheck. And so even though, Shantae, even though I said I wanted to get away from corporate, I stayed in corporate, you all, for 20 years before I finally just said I'm hanging it up. Before I just like, I retired from corporate, bye-bye. Don't call me. I'm not filling out another application. And so that's really how it went. I had the momentum or the um, inspiration, shall I say, my 11th grade teacher was the one who said, you need to go into accounting. You will always have a job in this industry. Oh, so wow. that's how I ended up. And I, I never veered left or right. I stayed. You know how some people, they start with Say they want to be a dentist and then they start and they're like, nah, I can't do that. And they, they, they become in, they go into marketing or uh, criminal justice or something. I stayed right on path. So that's how I got started. Wow. Wow. Well, thank God for great grandmas who, who saw the vision inside of you and, and helped you actually, you know, see it for yourself. And, yes. and, and that's so interesting because I know in my household, we didn't talk about money. And most families don't really discuss money, uh, let alone taxes. So by you having someone in your life to help you understand that a little bit more, how, how was that, you know, how, how impactful was that for you? Well, I will say that it was impactful. Um, it was impactful, but it's like, just because it's instilled, of, instilled in us, do we follow what we are being told? So even though my grandmother and I was raised by my grandmother, my parents both uh, passed away at an early age. Okay. She would always say, make sure you put some away from it for a rainy day. 
you can't spend every dollar you get. You had to put some away and you had to, um, you know, you could spend some and put some away, spend some and put the other away. Even though she spoke those words and those words came out, we didn't have what we would like to see like that conversation at the dinner table about investing, about doing um, more things with our money, saving for retirement. She didn't really have those conversations. And so she told, taught us to save or told us to save. But because I was raised by her children, which are my aunts and uncles, okay, it was kind of like I looked up to them. Right. And so they spent a lot. And so those were the habits that we picked up. We picked up the habits of my aunts and uncles always going shopping with credit cards plastic. And so we developed that same habit, mm -hmm. spending credit cards. And as you can imagine, me going to Cal State Long Beach, the first two weeks of school, every semester, you know what happened? The credit cards were out. They, so was coming. they were coming and they were coming good. And, and <laughs> we were spending. Right. And so I was just like many of my colleagues, many of my peers got caught up in the credit card game earlier on and had a huge amount of debt when I came out of college. Right. I had a huge amount and I could just remember, and this is a very transparent moment. I could remember getting a job, my very first job. And um, I think back then I was making probably about 35,000 a year. And that was a lot back then, back then y'all. Mm -hmm. But I could really remember the vast majority of my check going towards credit card bills. And so I had got to a point where I was like, I can't continue to have um, my paycheck going to my credit card bill. And that was another reason why I had the quote unquote, the side hustle, because I was always paying down debt. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and you know what, that is something that is so true. You know, we pick up the habits from the, our peers, our family members, those who are closest to us, even though there were things thrown at you, such as don't spend everything you had earned, save something for a rainy day. Your grandma was throwing those things. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that some things are, are thrown to us. And then it's every now and then we tend to catch it and thank God you, you caught some of that because it, it definitely uh, helped you uh, develop who the person who you are today. Yes. And that, and that's, and that's so important. That's so important. And speaking of credit and credit cards, you, you're so right. Credit is so easy to obtain, especially uh, these the younger uh, generation who's fresh out of high school, who don't really have any credit at all. And it, all of a sudden they have this temptation and all of these cards are, and offers coming to them. What would you suggest or recommend for, for some of these college students or individuals who's really just starting to build their credit? I would actually say really play it safe. I mean, you and I know we've, we've, we've been down that path, but I would really say to play it safe, um, to stay away from them. It's okay to get one or two credit cards. You want to make sure that you are using it for something wise. You also want to make sure that you're not maxing it out because when you max that credit card out, it's directly impacting your credit card, your score. And so, you know, when we're young, our, our mentality or our thought process is, 
oh, it doesn't matter. But that follows you throughout life. That is a report. That is a jacket, so to speak. It's a report card. And once you mess your credit up, then it's hard to get that score back up. I mean, it's, it's hard. Truth. It is really, really hard, no matter what you do. Um, and the creditors look at you as if, I always say like this, history repeats itself. So if you find yourself in trouble with a credit card, the creditors are thinking, you know, this is a risk. It could be a high risk, but minimize the amount that you're spending on the cards. Don't get an abundance of credit cards because you're going to find yourself in trouble. It's inevitable. You know, the minute something goes south, we rely on a credit card. And before we know it, if we are unemployed, we go through what we just recently went through pandemic, we can't pay it, then that ruins our credit. You got to wait a full, what, seven years before it clears to recycle, so to speak. Yep. So just um, use it wisely. You know, that's, that's great advice. That's great advice. I hope you guys are taking some notes here because the information that's being shared today, you may not hear this in school. You may not hear this information uh, uh, with some of your peers. So we're giving you some really good info that I think that you want to take some notes on. I know when I first started off, and my parents, they didn't talk about credit. They didn't talk too much about how to save. And I had to learn it the hard way. And, and trust me, it cost me. Because as you already know, without having the proper credit, you'll end up paying so much more for consumer goods than someone else. And it's just not fair. You want to say, hey, I'm the one that need help. Why I got to pay so much? Why don't you charge the ones with great credit more, right? But right. it doesn't work that way. It's your right. responsibility. Right. So, you know, the thing about after you went to high school, once you started college, obviously you said, hey, this was a side hustle. And you said, you know, I'm making good money in this side hustle, but they gave you that pink slip. How did that feel when you got that pink slip? Because I've, got, I've gotten pink slips before. And let me tell you, <laughs> it doesn't feel nice when they knocking on that door or your box is waiting in front of you when you get to work. And well, let's say this, like I've had two pink slips in my life. Yep. So the first time I got the pink slip, um, I was a little bummed and I thought that I would be in a position to manage this uh, side hustle, but unfortunately I was not disciplined enough to make sure that I was managing the side hustle and I ended up back at work. Um, so how did it feel? It felt terrible. Um, but again, I didn't have the discipline. I didn't have systems and I probably wasn't old enough to when it, when the first time it happened to really like say, I'm going to do this full time. This is going to be where my income is coming, my source of income. Let me make the best of it. Um, and so when we're young, we're dumb. We don't know the best. We're not, we're not as knowledgeable. But the second time it happened, um, I was prepared. I was ready for it. And um, things just, it happened. Yeah. So um, I, yeah. I would just leave it like that. That's, <laughs> it just happened. You know, and things happen. Life happens you know they say shit happens yeah it does yes. but you got to yes. make the best of it and many people right now exactly. who are out there working you know there are folks who are uncertain about their future uncertain about 
the direction of their company. And it's, and they might be on the verge of saying, Hey, you know what? It's time that I start really thinking about starting my own business. And to do that, there's a lot that goes with starting a business. And many people don't realize one, the sacrifice and the time that you're going to put in to running your own business. Sometimes working every day is easier because I'm going to tell you, as a, as a business owner, I thought I was going to get a break, but no, it don't, it don't work that way. You are going to work your behind off until you get to where you need to go. So what suggestion would you give someone who's thinking about starting their company? Absolutely. So if you're serious about really uh, growing a business, because it is a business, yeah. This is not a hobby. And I would agree with Shantae that we are in, when as business owners, we do put in long hours. We don't have to, but as a startup, there's things that you need to come in here and get in place. If you are considering, the very first thing that I would say to anyone is to really look at how you want to structure your organization. Do you want to stay as a sole proprietor? My answer to that is probably no. So you need to set yourself up as a limited liability, a S corp, a C corp, or if you are establishing a nonprofit organization, then you want to look at what do I need to do? Then you need to make sure you have a team in place. What do I mean by a team? You need to have an accountant, CPA, some type of person that's your financial advisor that you can go to and assist you. Make sure that they are setting up your books. Listen, guys, and I'm going to say this and I always say it. New business owners, you guys get caught up with co-mingling. What do I mean by co-mingling? That means you have one account, all your business expenses and your personal expenses, income goes through there. You need to separate the two. It's like a, a highway that, that goes, you know, it turns into a two-way, uh, two roads. You need to separate the two and put all of your personal expenses in one account and the business expenses and income in another account. You need to determine you know, um, do a, do a business plan. And I don't always say that a business plan needs to be very lengthy. It could be one page. You all will write down your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities and threats. All right. Make sure, you know, that business formation, whether it's an LLC, S corp, C corp, whatever, not only understand that, but understand the tax implications. You guys listen, it is so many people out here on social media giving false information. You cannot rely on social media to be your go-to or YouTube to be your go-to. You need a expert, someone that is um, professional. They have the receipts to show that they know what they are talking about. Oftentimes I see too many of us nowadays, especially since pandemic hit, I want to be an S-corp. I want to be an S-corp. There's responsibilities that come with setting your business up as an S corporation. So if true. you don't know, then stray away from it. If you don't know, raise your hand and ask an expert, ask a professional who, who has been there, done that, and they've helped others um, and guided them, advised them down the right path. But if you just jump in and just because you saw some influencer on Instagram, on TikTok, tell you, oh, do an S-Corp. You can buy this car with your business credit. You know, don't always believe the hype. Come on. Have Come a on. team. Have a team because 
You don't want to find yourself in trouble. And here's the other thing, guys. Let's just keep it real right now. Like, here's the Come other on. thing. The Internal Revenue Service has stepped up their game to go out and audit more small businesses. Right. The vast majority of business owners are defined or fall into the category of a small business owner. Okay, so what does that mean? You, me, all of us as business owners, we have a higher probability of the Internal Revenue Service saying, we would like to come out and audit you. We would like to see the backup to support your travel, your meals, your automobile uh, mileage, things of that nature. So where am I going with all this? Determine your business formation. Have a team of experts that know what they're doing that can help you stay out of trouble, stay out of jail. Make sure you get your books set up correct from Jump Street. Okay. Wow. It's no more. And I'm just being honest with all of you. Wow. It's no more of just like taking your books to your financial advisor, your tax preparer and saying, I want to do my tax return. We will be cracking down because we know that we can be held accountable for what we put in your tax return too. So get your books in order. If you're wow. starting out, start out right. Okay. Wow. That's all. That's, that's my, that's my advice for all of you out there. New hey season. <laughs> hey, hey, it's a new season and it's a new day. And Dr. Kozak just gave us some great information on how to get it started right. And you're so, so on point about it. I began my entrepreneur journey and somebody told me to go ahead and do an S, a C corporation. Mm. And of course I said, well, why not? Why not? But I didn't realize that every year I had a bill to pay to the state of California for the C corporation. Absolutely. I yes. was, I was shocked. So, you know, life went on and uh, unfortunately I had to put that corporation back on the shelf, but so many folks are un un uneducated or unaware of those things that you just shared with us. And I believe that that information that you gave is going to help a lot of folks. So for those who are watching this, go ahead and, and make sure that you replay and watch it over and over and over again so that you can take some good notes if you failed to take the notes when Dr. Cosette was sharing. Thank you so much for sharing that info. Now- Yes, one more thing I wanna share yep. since- We ain't done. California. Like listen started. guys, the state of California, and I find that- Many don't realize this, but when you set yourself up, your business up as a limited liability in the state of California, remember there is an additional tax return that must be filed for the LLC here in California is form 568. What happens oftentimes is I will get clients coming to me and they'll say, they did my return. I told them I had a LLC but they did not file the LLC tax return. The taxpayer doesn't realize it. The business owner doesn't realize it until they get a bill from the franchise tax board stating we're missing a tax return. And so just heads up to all of you, especially those of you who are business owners here in the state of California. I thought I'd just drop that little seed out because it happens too often, too often. And so save yourself some money, 
educate that tax professional if they don't. <laughs> and, and you're so right. And don't be using your uncle Charles and Larry and, and uh, Bobby. Uh, and they're telling you, I got you. I got these taxes. I know you got to, everybody got to start somewhere, but when it comes to your business, set it up right. And I think that's the best device that I've heard in a while, set it up right from the start. So this way, it can last, build it to last. Cause yeah. if not, it may not last. Cause you don't want to owe to uncle Sam. They going to always get their money. Trust me. Always. Always. Yes. always. <laughs> well, you know, as a business owner, you know, we discuss taxes. We discuss, you know, the challenge as we all face in starting a business, but the benefits of being a business owner can also outweigh any of those challenges. For someone who's so successful in your current, you know, business, what was some of your secrets on how you built to built it to be great? Well, number one, as a business owner, I think that we have to always show up as the leader. Okay. Um, the other thing, what we need to do is we need to realize that we can can't wear all the hats in the organization. Ooh, it's good. okay to wear multiple hats that's when you good. first start out, but as your business evolves, as your business grows, you cannot be the person that does the contracts. You cannot be the salesperson. You cannot be your executive administrator. You cannot be the person doing the work. Mm -hmm. You will not grow if you stay solo. So you have to step out on faith and you have to begin to hire employees. Now, let's say, what's the difference between an employee and an independent contractor? You need to make that um, dis distinction because an employee means that you're paying payroll taxes, workers' compensation, things of that nature. And you have to be very clear as to, is this an independent contractor or is this an employee? The IRS, the Franchise Tax Board, any state agency will come down really hard on you if it is determined that you truly have an employee and, um, and you have an employee and you're handling them as an independent, independent contractor, okay? Mm -hmm. So just be careful. But the success, you all, is you, we cannot grow our organization as a one-man show. It takes a team. Yes. It takes a team. And so you have to step out on faith and just begin to hire. Believe me, when you hire individuals, you know that you have a responsibility. You know that that individual that you hired, are they're, they're counting on you. They have a family. They have bills too. So you don't want to let them down. And so trust me, you will begin to start looking at more contracts, sending out more proposals. Yes. And just the way and how you operate your business will become um, more robust. And once you just have faith, and open the doors and know that God's got you, believe it or not, the sales, the revenue will begin to come in. Wow. I'm telling you guys, once you just say, I'm hiring, things begin to shift. Because after all, you're hiring someone or, or individuals to come in and take some of the weight off of your shoulders, and they're doing some of the work. So it's only obvious that hopefully the business will begin to blossom and grow and additional doors will open because you have these people in there helping you. Otherwise you in your office, like you said, <laughs> long are, hours, you guys, long hours. Are okay? you wearing every single hat 
and running around talking about I'm trying to fix it all. And it is not fun. And solopreneur, whoever said that was the game, they lied to you. It's not about being a solopreneur. It's about teamwork because teamwork makes the dream work. Now, right. Lift now, dreams, I, baby. I do say this, you know, there are individuals who are truly not looking to build a business, a build a company. They just want a business. So if you're just building a business and maybe you do have a few independent contractors, right. but if you are building a organization, a company, then you will need to have some type of infrastructure in place and build, excuse me, um, hire employees. So that's been the success. You know, once I realized you can't do it all, Cosette, you're going to be in here, <laughs> you know, weekends, holidays, you cannot yes. do it all. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's, that's so then, good. That is so good. That is so good. And, and I hope you guys are catching that because it is so true. And the reality of it is you can either learn from the ones who've already been there before you, or you could do it and realize that you should have listened so you could save yourself some time and some money, all right? Because right. it, it will cost you, trust me. Right. You don't want to do it and, and it's going to cost you. Now, you've, you've shared just so many different aspects of, of business. Um, how do you manage that with your, manage your business and your personal life though? Because I realize that Trying to have some type of balance sometimes can be some of the most challenging things at times because either we're going to be successful in our business, successful in our family, successful with our kids, successful with our health, but something like, something's going to get neglected. I mean, I, I'm just sorry. So it's going to be someone being neglected. Do you have any tips around time management, how you manage your time around these things? Yes, um, and that can be a challenge, balancing life and the business. Um, for me, I've set boundaries. I used to allow my clients to call pretty much up until like eight o'clock. I'm virtual, you all, I do work from home. But I set boundaries, number one. Um, uh, there's a start time that I come in the office. I do not take any calls prior to a certain time. And I end my calls at a certain time. If I'm in here working, that's another thing. But as far as boundaries with clients, I set boundaries. I also utilize tools, productivity tools that can help me streamline and organize myself. Um, and I, I did a post on this today talking about time management and how I use Outlook. I block off my time. Like I don't open emails all throughout the day. There are certain times of the day when I look at and um, respond to emails. I don't spend a lot of time, you all, on social media. It may appear as though I do, but that's why I I have employees because the employees are the ones spending time on social media. If you look at my social media uh, page very closely, I think you guys should know when I'm actually making my post. But um, it's really, you know, when we talk about time management, we have to balance. We have to learn to balance our health, our family, and our business. If we don't, something is going to um, be out of alignment. And when something not, is out of alignment, you will know whether it's your family, your children, your spouse, whether it's your health, you're not eating right, you're not getting enough sleep, you're not doing any exercise. If it's your work, you're not meeting the deadlines, you're not meeting the customers or your clients uh, request. So something 
something is going to be out of balance. Right. We got to know when we're in alignment with everything and what's our threshold. Mm. So, um, I, I, me, the biggest thing was setting those boundaries and allowing the fact that when I leave, when I leave work and I always, when I leave work, I close both doors. So I don't come through here, which means I won't stop and look at anything. I turn the, I turn the computer off and I just, I just don't look at it. So I, I try not to even come through my office for anything. I go around the other way. There we go. There we go. That's so good. That's so good. I hope you guys are taking some great notes and that's some really good advice. Set boundaries, turn off your telephone, turn off your computer. Don't walk through your office <laughs> and no. whatever you do, don't set up your office in your bedroom. That, oh, no. that, that, that drove my wife crazy. She's like, boy, get off of that computer. Get off of the work. Are you crazy? I said, yeah, babe, we got to get this money. Now, <laughs> My computer is my computer. Very, 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 my laptop, very, very seldom uh -huh. um, leaves here. Now I may have my cell phone, but I honor that time with family. And, you know, if we're watching television, which I seldom do, mm -hmm. um, I may be on the cell phone, but I do honor the fact that family time is family time and work time is work time and play time is play time. And you hit it right on the nose. And it's so important and, and having those boundaries, being, uh, first of all, just being present around work and your personal life is, is, is really the key. You got to be mm -hmm. present because so many times we can get caught up and moving so fast and find ourselves, you know, not, not, not really being as productive as we probably should. So time right. management is great. Um, High value activities, low value activities. By the way, I read your post today. That's why I said I want to ask her about that time management. Yeah, I read it and I said, okay, she's got she's got hypos and low pose, low value activities and high value activities. And, and a, a lot of times we forget though. We forget, we're like, wait a second, why am I doing this? This is such not in a line with my vision, my goal, the, the journey that I'm on. I could have outsourced this. I could have delegated this. And, uh, you know, when you get good at delegating and outsources, you'll be amazed how much more you can accomplish, how much more you can accomplish, man. Absolutely. So much. More. So much Absolutely. More. So I would say, um, yes, I do outsource some of my work. Um, and I think you were talking more so about when I said the income producing activities. There, Is that we, the go. Part? there we go. Okay. Yes. So, you know, I'm, years ago, you guys, um, for those of you who don't know my history, I was a sales director with Mary Kay Cosmetics. Mary Kay, did, hey, did, you, did you get one of those? Did you get I one did of get pink a car. I, I didn't you have my pink Cadillac. Cadillac. I didn't have my pink Cadillac, okay. but I was a car driver. There we but go. But one thing I will say about Mary Cosmetic, Mary Kay, is that if nothing else, it helped me develop the, a solid business foundation as nice. well as personal foundation, if nothing else, nice. nothing else. Um, and I will tell anyone that if you want to get some personal and business development go through the training that Mary Kay offers, but they did teach me about income producing activities. IPAs is what I call them. Most of our time should be spent in an income producing activity mode. Yes. Social media is not income producing activity unless we are really reaching out to somebody and we are converting someone from a prospect into a paid client. 
other than that is is yes part of it is i mean we can should, you say that again please just repeat that just come on repeat that. <laughs> i said that we should not be spending time on social media unless we are converting someone from a prospect to a paid client that's what it is we can play on social media in our downtime but other than that you know as business owners we should make sure that the vast majority of our day is income producing activities. What does that mean? Follow-up sales calls, maybe having time, uh, you know, meetings with your team, uh, writing a proposal, uh, doing a workflow for a launch, things of that nature, income producing activities. We may not necessarily see the income flow through the organization right now, today, this month, but the seeds that we are planting, we'll see them in the months ahead. Come on now. Come on now. You know, and, and that is so good. That is so good. And so many of us, we get so caught up in this social media. It's so addicting. And, uh, you know, but we're going to change the mindset. Once you change your mindset, then you can, you can do something different. And that's the reason why we have shared the stage so that we can expose people to something different, something fresh, something new. And this way they can hopefully be inspired to, uh, to make that shift. You know, Dr. Cosette White, you have been such a great, great guest today on Share the Stage. I really appreciate your time and your sacrifice to come out and share this with the, with the community. As you may already know, I'm really big when it comes to teaching financial literacy. Um, to the youth. And we've got a great organization, Lifting Dreams Community Development, uh, where we actually go out and teach financial literacy to the young people so that we can at least plant those important seeds while they are ready for them, you know. And as you already know, repetition is the mother of all learning. So the more that we speak it, the more that we speak, and the more that we'll receive it, and then eventually it'll be part of us. And then hopefully, it could change some of those uh, bad habits that unfortunately, you know, so many of us have. Um, right. be before I let you go, is what would, if, if you could leave us with just one thing, what would it be? One thing where if you never was to say it again, that's the one thing you left the world with, what would that be? Well, I'm gonna have to say two things, but the one thing is, um, pay yourself first. I say this to everyone. And that goes back to the conversation mm -hmm. that we had earlier about my grandmother saying, uh, what was the, um, things that she taught in the household about saving, save for the rainy day, but pay yourself first. And what is it that I mean by that? Whatever money you get, you guys, if it's from your paycheck, if you're self-employed, the money that you get, the, the income, the revenue, the sales that you make every single month, make sure you are taking a percentage of that and putting it away for a rainy day. Think about pandemic. Most of the businesses closed because they did not have a reserve. They did not even have enough in their own personal account. So make sure you're taking at least 10% of that and putting it away. What I train on and what I talk about is make sure you have a income account, a operating account, uh, income tax, income tax account. That's where you pay all your taxes out of a payroll account strictly for payroll. And then that reserve account, 
that reserve account, it doesn't have to be your savings. You can have another one, which is your savings, but put money away, pay yourself first before anyone else. And last but not least, always inspect what you expect. That's my word. Wow, 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 wow. I love it. Pay yourself first. Come on now. Have an income account, an income tax account, a payroll account. And what was that other one that I missed? One? A reserve account and your operating account. A reserve account and your operating account. So you need five buckets. You need five buckets. Wow, that's, that is a very, very powerful uh, uh, information that you've given us. And I believe it's going to bless so many folks. Dr. Cosette White, how can people get a hold of you? How can we reach you for those who are looking to get expert advice or work with you one-on-one or even to bring you on as someone to speak? What, how can we reach you? Well, first of all, I'm going to say this. I have a free gift. And if you guys would like um, a complimentary gift, a complimentary, um, it's not a complimentary gift, a complimentary uh, book that I have, um, Unveiling the Mask. Um, I'm not sure if we could have the link to unveiling the mask or attracting the best, but either way, just text the word profit, text the word profit to 805-506-4334. Text the word profit, 805-506-4334. And my assistant will send you the link tomorrow when she's back in the office. As far as following me, you all can follow me on all social media platforms at Cosette M. White. I'm on YouTube as Dr. Cosette M. White, but I'm on all social media platforms. And uh, just stay connected. Get to know me, get to like me, and get to trust me. And Thanks for tuning in to this week's Share the Stage with our guest, Dr. Cosette White. Wow, what an amazing interview. If you got a lot of value out today's show, go ahead and like, share, and leave a comment. See you next time on Share the Stage. Bye for now.